Hello everyone, welcome to another Ismono podcast episode. This episode was recorded in 2021 with Matt Richard. This was an amazing talk, but back then I still didn't have my audio setup fully set up yet. So please excuse the audio quality. It's not that great, but the talk was amazing nevertheless. And I recently had another talk with Matt. And if you want to have early access to episodes of of the podcast and video versions of these talks then please check out my patreon at you know the bow but now let's start the episode enjoy hello everyone welcome to another podcast and today i'm happy to have matt richer did i pronounce your last name correctly yeah Richer? You did. it's it's german yeah. so i figured you'd get it yeah <laughs> Uh, so it's S-C-H, so that's basically a typical German way to spell stuff, so richer. And yeah, thank you so much for being on this podcast and help me to talk to other people while we are in lockdown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so maybe for all of those who don't know you, maybe you can introduce yourself a little bit, what you're doing and where you're from. Cool, yeah. Um, so... Uh, I'm born in Colorado in the United States, uh, kind of have moved all over the, the U.S. Uh, throughout my post-college years, uh, and now I'm back in the Boulder area. Um, you know, it's beautiful out here, so you can't go wrong being next to the mountains <laughs> and stuff, especially working in the outdoor industry. It's been, you know, nice to be out here. Um, you know, I spent the past couple of years working for Triple Lot Design, doing all the uh, photo, oh, cool. video content yeah. for them. And then uh, a couple months back, I moved on, and now I'm working for a company called Rhino Ready, and we do uh, outdoor uh, like preparedness survival gear. Um, so mm -hmm. we have like a kind of a 72-hour you know survival kit. So. If you're caught yeah. in any situation, natural disaster or otherwise, you can you and your other can survive for you know a couple hours before help gets there or something. So <laughs> it's a small company, but you know we're we're just on the ground level of everything, and it's a lot of fun trying to you know build all that. You know, so it's uh, you know doing all the marketing and everything. So it's it's a lot of fun. But uh, but yeah, and I've been doing uh, photography for about uh, like 11 years professionally. And then kind of started getting a little bit more into video uh, the past couple of years, you know, with just mm -hmm. stuff like I'm not I would never call myself a videographer because I'm <laughs> I'm far from that. But uh, but you're you're a YouTube channel is great as well. Obviously, before we started, I'm subscribed to your channel anyways, oh, thanks, but obviously I also watch a couple of videos. I think you're doing great stuff. Well, thanks. And, yeah. Uh, I definitely, before you continue with your introduction, I definitely need to plug your Instagram. Your Instagram is awesome. Oh, Seeing thanks. always your outdoor adventures and stuff like that is awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those, like, just an outlet to try and, you know, put put your work out there. And it's, you know, a place to show off, I guess, a little bit. But yeah. uh, it's more, you know, I've, I've never been one to worry about how curated it is or anything like that it's more mm -hmm. just uh you know personal personal stuff and everything but yeah it's it's fun you know and uh yeah the bag stuff you know i, just, I started trying to like learn how to do better bag reviews because obviously i've been uh known you for a while through you know reaching out from triple out design for stuff and everything but uh loved how you light your work and and 
you know, edit it and stuff. And so kind of took some, some inspiration from the bow, uh, if you will, (laughs) and, uh, tried to put my own spin on it and, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's fun to try different things and, you know, it's definitely like video is something that I want to get a lot better at in the future. So, Mm. but you also have uh, been doing reviews, uh, in written form as well, right? For karyology. Yeah. So that's my main, you know, I've I've mostly been writing reviews because that's where Mm. my passion is for it. And then the, the video stuff was just kind of like, you know, the best way to learn something is to practice it. And so like learning to edit Definitely, you know, yeah. your transitions, your, your color grading and things like that was, um, that's mostly why I started trying to do them on YouTube. Um, it wasn't to try and like gain a huge channel or anything like that. You know, it's just like, mm. I want to have an outlet to kind of put stuff out there and, you Same. know, like you can, you can judge how, how, uh, good it is, you know, but if people are like getting, uh, value out of it, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've, I've, I've learned a lot about how I review bags by like the feedback I've gotten from people on, you know, whether it's messages or things like that, like, you know, from, from my video reviews too. So mm-hmm. it's been, it's been so, cool. So how did you get into bags in general then? Were you employed by Triple Art Design or uh, were you a freelancer and they ask you for for media coverage, like pictures for, for their website or whatever? Yeah, so um, when I started with them, it was just a contract, you know, like a short three-month position. Mm-hmm. And then it worked out to where I ended up taking a full-time job. Uh, so I did that full-time with them for about three years. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so, uh, you know, and that was just because... You know, with with how it works there, they're doing a product launch nearly every week. So mm-hmm. having to shoot, you know, studio and lifestyle of every product that was coming out, you know, we had to do in a short timeline. Um, so I, I, you know, got with them from that and then um, met Taylor uh, Weldon, you know, at Cariology mm-hmm. for um, we, we he came on a, a, a trip that we did and him and I got to know each other through that and shooting photos together and laying out under the stars together. <laughs> um, and, you know, I told him like, Oh, I, I, I love writing, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I've done guest blogs for um, other stuff. And he was like, Hey, we should get you writing for Cariology. So I think my first review was the um, Shimoda Explore 30 bag. And, you know, I, I kind of have always approached reviews like, to each their own but you know some people just get a bag and they just get look at it and go oh look at this bag it's cool here's pockets but i like to know how the bag like works Mm. in the long haul if if there's any failure points if anything you know how it carries things like that Mm. um similar to, to yourself you know you take time to get to know the product rather than just like putting out a review right away i mean considering where you are living you have the best opportunities to actually put the bags to the test i imagine you always i mean i see it in your instagram you being in the mountains and in deep snow and stuff like that yeah (laughs) that's so awesome so basically you have the ability to test back to the fullest yeah which is awesome yeah and that's that's been a lot of fun because when you use a bag for a long time, you get to actually like understand how it carries and how it works and like what setup works best for you. And, you know, so I, I, I think I, the first bag I tested for probably like three months before I wrote the review. Um, and I generally try and do that for each bag, you know, like 
a, a month at the shortest. But uh, mm. yeah, you know, it's it's hard sometimes. You know, when you when you've got companies that want to, uh, as I'm sure you have, you know, you get people that send you a bag and they want to review like the next week, and it's like, yeah, you know, that's not possible. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's I can't. I can't put out my best work doing that. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I really try and do that. And, you know, with, with camera gear stuff, it's you're carrying a lot of expensive equipment in there. So you want to know yep. how it's going to work and how it's going to carry and if it's going to protect. And, you know, everybody operates so differently when they're carrying stuff. So I try and, like, be, you know, as available on that as I can with, you know, here's how I use it. Here's what I carry, mm-hmm. you know. So that way if people are similar, they, they get an idea. But, um, yeah. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun, you know, gotten to meet a lot of cool brands, cool owners of companies, designers, you know, things like mm. that. And, you know, it's it's been really cool to, you know, network within the, the outdoor industry just uh, from from writing for them. So, yeah, I'm, I already said also to Taylor, whenever we are more or less allowed to travel again and I get a, a vaccine, I will definitely come over to the US again and then we should all meet up. Because I always see all of your Instagram stories, be it your Instagram stories or uh, from Taylor and I'm like holy crap, you have so much fun over there like being in nature or meeting up with brands and stuff like that. That's so awesome. I mean we are here in, in, in Europe Obviously, I have Heimplanet here in Hamburg, and I meet up with them sometimes, but we obviously don't have that many cool opportunities to meet up. So being able to travel again to visit the the US would be awesome. Yeah, it's uh, looking forward to traveling and seeing people. And, you know, even like um, this past year, not having outdoor retailer, uh, Mm. you know, that was... That's a nice time just to go like see other people that you know in the industry, see other yeah. brands and things like that. And it was, I know it was hard for a lot of brands not to have that, but you know, hopefully next year, hopefully or this year we can, you know, be safe enough to to have that again. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of brands and people that, you know, and we've been doing a lot of this, you know, Zoom Zoom calls mm. and things and and talking to people, and it's been like, oh hey, when we all get to see each other at OR, we should go grab a drink or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. So, yeah, like uh, most of my podcast, we both prepared a couple of questions and you basically already answered half of my first question, <laughs> which was, uh, how did you get into bags? But the second part of that question is actually, what makes you like this genre, this niche so much? I mean, also considering you have been in this niche and this genre for a while, also being an employee in uh, with a brand, yeah. I would love to know what yeah what makes you enjoy this genre so much. Because there are so many people always asking me, "Oh, you have a YouTube channel? Yeah, okay, what's it about? It's about bags." Yeah. What? <laughs> Why bags? And I I always don't re- I have some answers, but I would love to know why. Maybe you like to have this kind of content in your life. Yeah, um, I would say I'm in the middle of like the bag nerd kind of, you know, place. Okay. Um, I've always been in that like search for what camera bag is going to be the best for me and how I shoot. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have different ones for different types of shoots. Um, you know, like if I'm doing a commercial shoot, you know, for a restaurant or something, I'll uh, bring my Pelican case. Cause it's a lot easier just to like have that open. I can access True. everything really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes sense. 
you know, it's, it's simpler that way. And sometimes I can use the case itself to, you know, raise or lower something if I need to. Um, mm. So it's, it's great. And then uh, usually, like, if I'm out shooting, um, like, a couple for uh, engagement photos, I don't need a ton of gear. So I just have, like, a little sh simple um, shoulder bag um, from Ona that I really like. It's a wax canvas. And mm -hmm. um, a lot of times I'll use that one, too, as just, like, a, a daily carry for if I'm going somewhere because it's easy to access my camera, my laptop, mm -hmm. everything's right in there. And then, you know, if I'm on a big, like, adventure shoot, I have a couple bags from uh, Naya Evo out in Europe that I really like. And, you know, one's a 60 liter and it, you know, it carries a ton wow. of stuff. So, you know, if you're out there and you got to carry your jackets or water gear or things like that, like you can carry everything on that. That's a big bag. Yeah. yeah. 60 liters. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and the nice part about that one is it compresses down two to 44. So if you don't need all the space, you're not okay. carrying a massive bag too. So, um, you know, it just kind of depends on what I'm doing. And, and through my career as a photographer, it's always been like, okay, what bag is going to work best for what situation? Um, mm. You know, when, when shooting weddings, I have a different style and need something different than when I'm shooting, you know, uh, uh, engagements or commercial mm -hmm. or something. So it's it's always been on that search. And, and through working with Carryology, it's been great because, you know, I've gotten to try a bunch of different bags, um, learn about new fabrics, um, you know, see how things are working and stuff. And, you know, I've really gotten more into like the build quality of the bag versus just how it carries. You know, it used to be, mm -hmm. does this bag carry what I need? Okay, cool. Um, and now it's like, I, I get the bag and you can tell like when you start to see more and more bags, you can start to see how much thought has been put behind a bag from the stitching mm -hmm. and the, the materials and the sewing quality and stuff like that. So it's, it's been, um, that's kind of how I've gotten more into this genre and doing photography stuff. And then this past summer I branched out a little bit and did a, um, commuter bag article for like b cycling. Um, cause I, oh, okay. I was writing about, for us, I don't know the conversion, but uh, for me, it was about 15 miles each way um, to work, uh, you know, and so it would take about an hour and, you know, I was putting a lot of miles on and uh, so I tried five different bags over the summer and, you know, <laughs> just saw how they fit, how they felt, things like that. And so it was fun doing a different genre than just the photography, um, mm. you know, because yeah, it makes sense because writing about it's a lot different when you're not like protecting a ton of gear um, mm -hmm. or carrying a lot of gear. It's just like my lunch, my laptop, you know, maybe a change of clothes or something. But um, so yeah, it's just been, it's been fun like getting to know more about the bag world and you know, the different companies and how they use things and stuff like that. So it's, um, you know, I don't know if that necessarily fully answers the question, but you know, I kind of <laughs> fell into it from photography and then kind of, yeah more expanding into other things and hopefully like uh in this year i'll be able to write some more stuff about uh apparel and clothing you know so oh cool um yeah because yeah. you know in working with triple lot design you know as you know like they they use a lot of great materials and so i got mm -hmm. to learn a lot about uh, a variety of materials not only that they were using but that other brands are using and like you know what what makes good stitching what makes good uh, weave patterns, things like that. So, mm. so yeah, you know, I'm hoping to, to branch out a little bit more even. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, that that's all fits 
the same not the same but it's it's a broader niche like bags is traveling so traveling also comes with uh, certain types of clothing like merino wool which yep. like every one of us inside this bag world also likes so it's it's an easy transition i assume or i i feel like that you can do inside your content yeah so that shouldn't be a big deal yeah yeah well it's and it's interesting too because you know you have some companies that are using the same fabric across all different realms you know like I've been, mm -hmm. one of my favorite brands is uh, Fjall Raven, just because yeah. they found one fabric that works really well and they build bags, they build clothing, you know, jackets, pants, and, you know, it's like to have one fabric that does all those things is, is pretty amazing, you know? So mm. it's it'd be interesting to see more brands kind of take a lead from that and say, can we develop a fabric that would work? for everything you know and kind of just make one badass products you know for for your brand so yeah um so yeah it's it's definitely cool to to do and um plus you know when you when you buy clothes and stuff then you can write it off for your your taxes uh over here you know? so <laughs> that's always good you know i can i get you buy gear and write it off <laughs> that's true yeah. all right yeah thanks for answering the first uh, question yeah so if you have a question feel free oh yeah yeah um so i know you you've done a lot of uh film work in your career mm -hmm. um you know and, and it shows definitely in your reviews and stuff, but I know you do a lot of commercial work and stuff as well. What are you like the most passionate about when it comes to filming? Do you mean like filming for YouTube or filming also for clients? Because I don't film for clients anymore because I feel like it's too much of political work okay. and catering to the wishes of the client. So I prefer like only editing when it's, uh, when it's client work. Okay. But for YouTube, I love filming because just like you mentioned in the beginning of this talk that you wanted to try out some different stuff but, and started the YouTube channel, it was this basically the same thing for me as well. I wanted not only have like client works where I have to cater to the wishes and needs of the client, but I wanted to have something for myself, like have a passion and creative outlet. So yeah, for me, filming in this YouTube channel, it's all about doing my own stuff, trying out new stuff. And you probably know the term gas, gear acquisition syndrome. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and having a YouTube channel also gives me a bit, little bit of an ex excuse to purchase new gear, <laughs> new yep. cameras and stuff like that and test out new stuff. And yeah, that's basically the most fun part about filming YouTube stuff, testing out gear and doing my own thing. Nice. And trying to solve, for instance, I mean, I have this um, new camera. Oh, it's not new anymore because <laughs> A, they released a new camera yesterday and uh, B, I already have been using this for half a year. But this a cinema camera doesn't have an autofocus. It does have a single autofocus, but not a continuous autofocus. So having to think around this issue or this downside of the camera like okay i need to put the back two meters in that direction focus on that point then set up the camera run to the back throw the back out of frame and then start the recording yeah. so think around like problem solving is so much fun when you are working alone yeah 
and it's no problem if it doesn't work out. If you have a problem with a client and you try to solve that problem and you can't solve it, that's a huge deal. Yeah. But when you are just on the YouTube with your own channel, it doesn't matter that much, actually. It's true. You get to do whatever you want, right? <laughs> yeah, and you learn so much. Uh, also, I've seen all of these Instagram posts with the Instagram carousel when you have multiple pictures in one post and then you can slide it to the left. Yeah, I've seen it so many times and in my head, in theory, I knew how to do it but I didn't know the proper workflow and I wanted to do it. So I was Googling stuff on YouTube and found a cool tutorial about that. So you actually start to learn new stuff that you probably wouldn't have looked for if you wouldn't do it for your YouTube channel, I assume, or stuff like grading. In the beginning, I, I knew how to grade and knew how to do basic color correction, but Then you start to, hey, I want to do a little bit more on my YouTube channel. Then just like you, you start Googling tutorials, then you try out stuff, then you make mistakes and then you improve and you go on. And that's so much fun with YouTube that it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to try out stuff. Yeah. And with client work, you can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the, the most thing I enjoy about filming. filming for YouTube nice. and stuff like that. And so then you said for clients now, you pretty much only do the editing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And you enjoy that a little bit more because it's, is it only just, I mean, is it the full process of editing, like color grading and cutting, or is it just one? It's basically when I have client work, I edit, I do the sound editing and also do basic color corrections because in the advertising world uh, in the film industry, all of the tasks are divided. You first do the shooting, obviously, then you do the editing, the approval with the client, and then they go from there to sound mixing, to music, to color correction and video effects and stuff like that. And all of those parts are divided to different people. So what I do, I pretty much because all of those steps like color grading and video effects are very expensive. They charge by the hour, mm -hmm. while me as an editor, I charge by the day. It's cheaper to do some decisions in the editing process first. Like, okay, we want the colors to be a little bit more tinted into a warmer direction and we would like to have the music start there and the sound effects start there and do the discussion in the editing process opposed to waiting until you have the music composer or the colorist to do that. So all of that stuff is being done in the editing process but not finalized. It just gives okay. a general direction and yeah, I actually love that process because I have a lot of creative influence in the project. Yeah, editing is pretty cool because it is a very influential process, creative process, but also a very collaborative process. In that process, you have still a lot of discussions with the director, with the client, with the agency, and it's a very political, but also a very collaborative process while When all of that is done and you go to a music um, com uh, composer or to the colorist, basically most of the decisions are already made and there is not much flexibility in terms of decisions. So that's why editing is such a cool process whenever you are in the film industry, actually. Okay. 
Cool. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome. I mean, that's the one thing I've I've learned about filming, like the whole process of filming videos is like you have to know so much to create a good quality video. And and mm. you know, I think film editors and filmers who who can do that, all that stuff, are so undervalued because you have to know lighting and sound and you know cutting and mixing and coloring. Mm. It's like Whereas, like you said, most places are one person's doing each of those. Um, yeah. So it's it's been it's been a learning process trying to even just do them for YouTube videos. It's like, mm-hmm. man, how do I make this look good and sound good and light good and everything? Yeah. You know, as a one person thing. So. But it's so much fun with YouTube. I mean, you have um, so many tutorials on YouTube, and you can learn so much. The only thing that unfortunately you can't learn from YouTube. And I see that so many times when I'm working with, or when I have clients work with YouTube creators or creators that do everything by themselves, is that people who are used to doing everything by themselves are not really used to understand the wishes of a client and I don't understand to make compromises and collaborate. And you see that a lot with single creators that they don't really understand, oh, I need to work with that person. I'm used to do everything myself, which is fine, which makes everything so much faster. But if you have a client, sometimes you need to make compromises. And you see that a lot with people who aren't used to working in big teams. Yeah that that's something that takes a lot of experience, actually. Yeah. And to put your ego away, that's also something. To put your ego away and say, like, okay, I don't like to do it that way, but, hey, the client has maybe a bigger picture of what he or she wants to sell, and then I need to put my ego away and say, like, okay, I wouldn't do it like that, but I understand that's maybe your decision. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you just touched on a, a really great point about being a creative especially in the commercial world where, yeah, people are hiring you because you know what to do, but they have a specific goal and vision that they have to execute. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like they may like the way that you compose shots or the way that you color things, but, you know, like you have to always be open to to change. And so Mm. many creators get into that, like, no, this is my style. I can't, you know, you hire me for my style and that's it. And, mm. and you, you lose out on clients when you can't be flexible, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, or if you don't understand how, you know, you might be a great journalist photographer, but that's so much different than being a, a product or commercial photographer, you know, mm. that you're, you might take a great picture of a guy on a mountain, but that's one photo that the brand needs for, you know, mm. to launch all these products for jackets or pants or, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's definitely you have to be versatile when it comes to being a creator to to land jobs. Yeah. I mean, and also if you transfer that thinking to to a brand for instance, I I see also so many times when people like criticize a product like let's imagine uh what would be a very simple example. Let's imagine like um we see a bag and it's black and you are like, why is this bag black again? Or why does it have this and this, that feature? You sometimes forget that there is a bigger picture that they maybe have to order like only black fabrics because the lineup of three different style of bags have to look 
more or less the same or have to work in tandem with each other. Therefore, there's maybe that feature that you don't like on that specific item, but in the end, they need to work all together. Yeah. And we as a consumer only see that single product but not the whole big picture of something. So that's maybe something that you can compare this thing to <laughs> as an example. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's it's definitely different being in the commercial world, you know, because mm. dealing with clients is, is, it's way different than when someone, you know, in the wedding world, it's people like your work. And so they hire you because that's what you put out. And they don't really mm. have demands. Whereas like with clients, they have products to sell. They have revenue goals to meet. And you know, yeah. your work has to like bring that in. So you have Definitely. to listen to them. All right. Did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good to know. All right. So then I have another question for you. Um, you mentioned in the beginning that you changed bags depending on your specific job or your um, task that you're doing. What's your favorite style of bags at the moment or that what the type of bag that you gravitate to Ooh, the most so for photography the the bags that i've been using the most have been the the two naya evo bags um I is have, that a backpack or is it yeah they're they're both backpacks um mm -hmm. so i have the 26 liter mm -hmm. and that's the one i kind of been using a little bit more lately because i haven't been doing a bunch of big you know shoots and stuff um and so that one you know I don't, it doesn't really have room to carry extra jackets or you know all that stuff it's basically just the camera gear so i've been using that one a lot more uh and then if i'm going somewhere and i'm bringing an extra layer but i don't want to like carry it the whole time I, i bring the larger bag but i've been loving their bags just because they're so well built that i know they're not gonna fail on me And yeah. uh, they're comfortable. They're really comfortable to wear for a long periods of time. Um, and, you know, the, the weatherproofing on them is amazing. So, like, two weekends ago, yeah, I was out and we were shooting just some fun stuff, a buddy and I, in the snow. And, you know, it was one of those, like, I didn't have to worry about any water getting in anywhere, you know. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, it was just, you know, it's they do a great job. And those are kind of the ones that I've been gravitating to more so. And then... Just the other day, I bought, you know, it wasn't expensive or anything. It was just one of those, like, do I need an extra, another bag? Um, I bought the Mystery Ranch um, uh, 21 liter Urban Assault. Mm -hmm. And I got that one in the waxed uh, cotton version or waxed canvas. And I really love waxed products. Yeah. That's, for some reason, it always just looks good and it feels good. Yeah. And um, so that's been my bag for this past week. I've been using that one when I'm going out. Uh, you know, it's small, so, I, you know, it's not like you're carrying a ton of stuff if you're just, like, going out for the mm -hmm. day, but um, that one's that one's been cool. And then before that, uh, I was using the the Moment, I forget what their new series is called. Moment. Yeah, I've, I watched uh, your review about that. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, That's a cool bag. Yeah. A very yeah. toned down bag, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, that one was, was really cool, not because, not only because, like, the bag is great and it's, like, laid out almost exactly how I would build a bag if I was going to build one. I just keep telling them, make it in, in waxed and I'll, I'll be all over that. Um, <laughs> but like I, I got to chat with the designer about it and, you know, build a relationship with him. Just, you know, like talking through the bag and what I liked, issues I had or things like that or why this happened, you know, and stuff. So I've been using that one almost like for 
my office bag for my carry bag almost exclusively since I mm-hmm. did the review. Um, unless I'm like reviewing another bag or, you know, I got the mystery ranch one this past week. So mm-hmm. I've been using that one, but, um, yeah. What camera are you carrying by the way? while using at the moment so i just switched systems um i'm i'm now sony so, yay yeah so I'm which using... one did you buy the uh, a7s uh just the a7 III. Oh, okay so yeah i uh i was shooting nikon for about six years before that and then i was canon for about 10 years before that so um kind of have shot everything and i've got uh, a panasonic up here i've got some film cameras i got everything but uh mostly like now i just kind of love where sony's going with all their stuff mm-hmm. and um the colors that you can get from their sensors and so mm-hmm. that was the biggest change you know like gear is gear and for a long time i was one of those guys that i i need every lens i need all this stuff and then i kind of realized like i can pare down you know, I, I'm yeah. pretty much a three lens kind of guy and that's it. And, um, yeah, so switched, uh, it was about last month that I switched over to Sony. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been fun so far. It's definitely a different beast being in the mirrorless world than the DSLR. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of a learning curve. And less weight, no? right? Uh, I used to be a Nikon shooter as well. And I have to say, when I had the Nikon DSLR with those heavy 2.8 lenses, I just got lazy. <laughs> I just was like, yeah, I have this 1,400 euro 2.8 lens at home, but I'm not going to carry it because A, it's too expensive yeah. and B, it's too heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just leave it at home. So I was really, yeah, I liked the switch to mirrorless because it was just much easier on my back yeah yeah <laughs> then maybe it comes with age i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah i'm mostly a, a primes guy so my lenses are always fairly on the small side yeah um, okay primes are much easier yeah. to carry except for um i i really like the sigma art series lenses um never tried those before yeah i, I mean they're usually half the price of the, you know, native mm-hmm. lenses. That's true. Um, and the image quality is fantastic. And the only one I was surprised about was when I got the, the 85 uh, 1.4. It's it's so much bigger than the 85 for the DSLR was. Um, mm. So it's, you know, a little bit different there. But, um, yeah, it's, so wait, wait, it does save a little bit. Um, but... Yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting and fun trying to switch switch bodies again and systems, mm. you know. Yeah. Cool. I really like to check out the A7 III sometimes and the A A7 S III also in the future. Yeah. But man, those are expensive. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the thing. Like, I sold I sold two Nikon bodies and was only able to buy one Sony body. You know, it's just yeah. like. You know, but it's uh, I, I'm not shooting weddings anymore, so I don't really need the two mm. body backup. You know, and for what I do shoot, I have other cameras. So like, if if I am on a commercial shoot, I have something else I can work with if my camera did yep. give out. You know, but um, but yeah, it's a it's a whole Sony's expensive for sure, but you yeah. know their quality is definitely pretty good, so it's worth yeah. it. Yeah, great. All right. Yeah. Thanks for answering that question. Yeah. So I pass uh, the torch again to you. Do you have another question? We're still going to be on camera gear. I'm curious what sure. your um, 
if you have like a favorite camera of all time or like what your favorite setup that you've been using is? Oh, that's such a difficult question now that I switched. You see, I was up to 2020, I was all about ergonomics because I wanted to have a small camera that doesn't get into my ways, which was the Sony A6300. It's so small, but still very capable in terms of video quality. Then I checked out the cinema camera, the Blackmagic, and I was blown away by the image quality, but also literally blown away by the size and the non-existing ergonomics of that camera. <laughs> so I'm a little bit torn at the mo moment because, yeah, I love the workflow, the image quality that this cinema camera gives me, especially considering the price. But if we wouldn't have the lockdown at the moment and I would be allowed to travel. I'm not sure if that would be the camera for me okay. because it's just so big and so heavy. If I could make a Frankenstein camera, it would be the image quality of this camera, of the Blackmagic in a body like the A7 III. No, not the A7 III, the A7C, the small one. Yeah, yeah but not with a full-frame sensor, because full-frame just means big lenses, which then would not have the ergonomics that I would like to when I'm traveling. Yeah, yeah I, I think I would, I would love to have the A7C, but with a APS-C sensor. Okay. So have, having the 10-bit inside, the ISO capabilities that, that it has, I mean, that thing can see in the dark. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. uh, stuff like that. So that would be definitely something I would like to have. Nice. Um, at the moment, I have to say I'm really torn between ergonomics and proper image quality or something like that. It's difficult. Yeah. <laughs> so, and yeah, I, would, I was actually considering the A A7 III that you have. Yeah. But I was always like, oh, the lenses are too big for me. I mean, they're manageable, but still, if you have want some great lenses, full-frame lenses, they do have some heft to them. Yeah, yeah, they are they are big. That's the one thing I did notice. I picked up the, um, the A6000 briefly just because I wanted to see if it would work as a backup for what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And it's great, you know, but I have a, a Panasonic G85 that I kind of use as the backup and mm -hmm. that one's been through so much that i can't like sell it because no one would buy it because it's so beat up yeah. you know it's been dropped off of mountains and <laughs> you know in yeah. water and everything and but it's great with the stabilization because you can like literally just like hand hold it and film yourself and yeah there's no shake so now that you mention that if it would be only for stills i would go for a fuji x100 the newest one, okay. whichever it might be, because I had the second generation X100 and that thing for stills, amazing, okay. really good camera. Gotcha. Really small, compact. You can put it basically in your uh, jacket's pocket if it's just for stills. Yeah. Can highly recommend that camera. Yeah. If you find it used, definitely get one. Yeah. Oh, I had the, when they first came out with that one, I bought one. Um, the first know, one, yeah? Yeah, years and years ago, yeah. probably yeah. 20, 
2013 or something, you know? Yeah, um, I think it was, must be around that time. Yeah, it was it was great. Just a little, I think it was 16 megapixels, and image quality mm-hmm. was pretty solid on it. Yeah. So. Yeah, Fuji definitely has a very good sensor, yeah. which works amazing for stills. They haven't figured out video, although the X-T4 is supposed to be really good for video as well. But I haven't tried it myself yet. Gotcha, yeah. Um, so, yeah, cool. Then I would say my next question would be, what's your most important three items that you always pack before traveling or your EDC or maybe also camera stuff? Top three items. I mean, chargers. Like, if I can count all chargers as one item, I am... I'm very... Uh, wow, that's that's a very boring answer, Matt. Well, it, it is, but, but think about, like, like as a, as a content creator, you sure. know, like, the having your batteries, you know, sure. like, it's... I'm so paranoid, like, if my laptop goes below 40% or my phone or anything, you know, so yeah. it's like, chargers are my, you know, I will double, triple check every time before I leave that I have chargers. Um, because, like... If you forget memory cards, like you can buy those pretty much anywhere, but that's true. Chargers that are specific to your cameras, you know, and batteries and stuff are, you know, you might not be able to find that at a at a local camera store or something. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, chargers are probably like the most like one that I'm paranoid about. Um, okay, that and uh, I, probably the the number one thing that I pack, like whether it's on a daily basis or trips, is just my little. Um, solid state uh, sand yeah. disc here. Um, it's so tiny that you can just kind of like stick it in your pocket, stick it in yeah. like a notebook. Um, and it's two terabytes, so it holds a lot. Uh, yeah. And it's, you know, when you're sitting on a plane and you need to have your, your stuff, it's perfect for, uh, you know, being small and compact. So um, I would probably say that's, that's my next... Um, like I don't leave the house without that thing, and I mean it's it's got you know so much work on it that it's like if if my house caught on fire I would probably grab this before anything mm-hmm. else. Um, and then, man, so if I'm if I'm just going out for the day, um, it's I would have to probably say it's just uh, my notebook, uh, and and you know that's it if it's traveling. It's like a good uh, mid-layer jacket. Okay. You know, because if you if you are out, like no matter where you are, if you can layer up multiple layers, mm-hmm. it's great. But you don't always need that big down jacket. But if you have yeah. like um, something that can, you know, almost be like a, a windbreaker slash, you know, insulator, man, that'll do you wonders when, you, when you're out. Same. So, um, and you never know, like in Colorado – you can go out and it can be, you know, really warm, sunny, everybody's out in t-shirt and shorts, and then a storm can move in in the mountains and mm. freezing rain. And, you know, so um, kind of have always learned, like, pack yourself yeah. a really good jacket. Same. It's so funny that now that you say it, uh, when I, I took my wife for the first time to Indonesia, I had always my Patagonia down jacket. And she was like, well, we are in Indonesia here. It's like... 38 degrees yeah. why do you have a jacket with it? and i was like wait wait, wait a second and then we go into a, into a cab right yeah. where we have air conditioning it's like freezing cold you have like a difference of like 20 cel- degrees celsius or go into a mall and then it's like oh okay i get why you have a jacket and 
luckily i also thought of bringing a jacket for her because it was so cold so yeah i totally agree having a jacket with you no matter what time uh, weather it is or in summer yeah when you are out on a day and then it gets uh, to tonight the sun is down it gets cold yeah yeah and and i found like either having a jacket that's you know thin insulated and has a like a good dwr coating to repel some uh rain or something or even just like a, a rain shell um is mm. great because like rain shells will keep you warm because they don't let anything sure. in or out you know so yeah um you know a rain shell is pretty much an awesome piece just to have with you no matter yeah. what because they pack so so small but also mm -hmm. like they're so versatile when it comes to what you can do yeah. with it so yeah or just a cheap windbreaker yeah would also work well yeah totally agree yeah so cool so yeah that's my three i know the first one's not exciting but chargers are my my well Honestly, it's not as uh, exciting, but obviously that's the item many people just forget to pack. Yeah. If we're really honest with ourselves, we always think about, okay, I take my laptop. Or, I mean, how many times you see someone asking, hey, I forgot my phone charger or this charger, can I borrow uh, yours? So that's definitely something that many people tend to overlook and forget at home. Yeah, and it's great when you can like figure out, you know, either like I've got the the little hyper disk thing for mm -hmm. the Mac, and you know I can charge my uh, external charger, you know, portable charger through this. Mm -hmm. So like while I'm working, I can charge that. So if I need to charge my phone later, like thinking how you can utilize yeah. one item for multiple charging things is good idea. You know, great for that. And like even with the Sony, um, you know, it uses a, a a USB charger and so I can charge the camera through the computer if I need to yeah. I don't have to you know get a battery charger you know so it's it's just thinking about all that but yeah I'm I'm very paranoid about battery levels <laughs> I get down to 40 and I'm like panicking like oh no I'm gonna die yeah. <laughs> and so what you're using your notebook for when you're carrying do you scribble down ideas or is it more like a journal or what what you uh, um, carrying your notebook for a little, little bit of both you know like it, it's it's a lot of mostly like if i have an idea about something and i'm not working on it right away or like if i'm meeting with somebody and they say something that i'm like oh i gotta remember that like i'll just write something down real quick so i have mm -hmm. it even if i'm working on my computer uh like for for my day job and marketing and stuff like that most of the time i'm always writing things down first just because for me um mm -hmm. writing the, the process of handwriting something kind of solidifies it in my brain more than typing. Yeah. So I'll usually Same. like write something down, kind of like look at it and then go and like type it. It's just that even, even when you like cross something out, it's a lot better than like, it feels better than deleting it, you know? Mm -hmm. So now uh, there's a question that pops into my head right now, because I'm not sure if you could call it like OCD, but I, really don't like mixing notebooks you know i have like like this <laughs> private journal type of thing and then i also have like a book for work notes and it's a little bit too many books my my wife also says like i, I have an issue with because i like to buy like notebooks yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah before it was moleskin now it's like uh, i like to buy leuchtturm and stuff like that and i have a really hard time to carry around one notebook where I scribble down everything because I need to separate all of the different topics, which is 
kind of stupid because I have a bunch of notebooks that are only like a quarter full yeah. <laughs> instead of having one where everything is inside. So how do you manage your notebook then? You got to get this one, Bo. It's the, the traveler's notebook. Oh, you have the traveler's yeah. one. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah. yeah, so you can go buy different different inserts for it. I see. So you can That's have awesome. One, yeah. you know, one for each thing. And they'll have, you know, you can have like lines. Um, oh, that's cool. Or uh, blank page, or uh, this one's got the the small dots. The dotted. Yeah, yeah. So, so you basically separate work, private, yeah. random notes or yeah, something. Yeah, and you know, okay. like, sometimes like I usually do a lined and a blank because sometimes what I'm doing, I might need, I might not want lines for. You know, it might be like kind of mm. like a sketch, kind of like a. Uh, flow okay. chart things like that yeah, yeah. so i like having the blank pages but then other times you know you're like writing down actual like uh copy for something and you're like okay mm. actually doing that um my handwriting is awful so i have to use lines for like actual writing stuff otherwise i just i'm all <laughs> over the place you know yeah. so it's it's bad i mean even even just like some of this stuff it's like you can see i've got like lines like diagonal yeah. across, I'm just, so but that's when my brain's like really going and I'm just like, okay, you know, but, um, but yeah, okay. that's how I, that's how I roll with mine. And it's, it's great. Cause you can get a bunch of different inserts for it. And, you know, that's, that's nice to be able to divide things when you need to, mm. but I'm that's not that cool. organized though. So everything's just, yeah. I use the lines for one thing, the, the blank for another, the grid for another, and mm. all, all of them kind of flow between personal and work and other things. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I should get one. I always have seen those, but I've never really yeah, thought of actually purchasing one. But maybe I should do that. That's a pretty cool idea to separate yeah. those yeah. different sections. Yeah. Yeah, as mentioned, I have a couple of notebooks here on my desk and I'm like... No, this is the nice moleskin one. This is for private stuff. I don't want to write work stuff. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, why? So therefore I have so many unfilled notebooks instead of like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and that's the nice part is these are just in there via, you know, like a, um, a rubber band, mm -hmm. you know, like, and so you can pull it out when it's full and then just stick it on a, cool. on a shelf. And then you know you get a new one and you and you put it in there. So, it's you 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 know you buy the cover and then the rest of it is uh, you know. Cool. Yeah. yeah maybe I should modular. definitely get one. Yeah. Awesome. All right. That was my question. Do you have the last one well, yeah, that yeah, you want sure. to? I guess so. In that you're in the like filming, you know, like film editing and filming world, like kind of stuff. Do you have like a dream project that you would want to work on whether it's like a personal thing that you're gonna film and edit your whole yourself like a, a movie thing for yourself or yeah. even just like an editing project that you would love to like work on yeah definitely i think one of my life goals which i'm not sure if that that's anytime possible but seeing that netflix is going getting bigger maybe that's a possibility in the future i would love to edit Either an action or a f science fiction uh, feature film. Okay. For instance, I know that's not probably everyone's taste, and I don't like to watch them that uh, often either, but sometimes it's just pure dumb 
popcorn entertainment. Editing a Fast and the Furious movie, for instance, <laughs> it would be uh, it would be so stupendous. But it would be, I imagine, being in the editing room and editing so many crazy stunts and having sound effects. That would be awesome. What John Wick part? 12 or something yeah <laughs> i would love to edit an action movie okay. just because i've never done something like that before a science fiction movie where there's so many uh, visual effects that i've never worked on myself so that would be a dream even if it's a stupid movie that doesn't have any intellectual weight to it it would be just popcorn movie that would be awesome Yeah, because I've never done that. I've shot a making off with, do you know MacGyver? Yeah. I've been on a set with a Mercedes a Benz commercial where they actually hired Richard uh, Dean Anderson to be MacGyver in that Mercedes spot. And they had a couple of explosions and SWAT teams. So that was a very small scaled action movie where I've seen a couple of cool things. But yeah, having something like Yeah, Fast and Furious. I, I know that <laughs> not many people like those movies, but you have to admit that those stunts and those visual effects are crazy. Yeah. Like having 12 cars on chains on the planet. <laughs> That's crazy. I want, I want to edit that. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. I'll have to admit, the first like three were are guilty pleasures of mine. Same. Yeah. Same. I, I like them, you know, like I don't care. They're 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 dumb, but they're fun to watch. <laughs> I don't care. So yeah, I, and, and I Tokyo Drift was probably like you know the first two were you know, but Tokyo Drift to me was like I don't know that one was like more fun just because because of the drifting was you yeah. know you, you it took talent to do you know so yeah because um, a lot of the first one like even the speed driving you know that they're not like driving. Well, sure. you know, he's just sitting in a car and they're filming it, you know, and it's just like, but the the drifting was like actual people driving and stuff. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I thought that one was cool. Yeah. As you mentioned, the first three for me as well, guilty pleasure, definitely. Afterwards, I watched them, but I can't remember anything yeah. from any of this. I, I have no idea at which part we are at the moment, 10 or nine or something. Yeah. I don't remember it. And I think the issue that why people don't like it, like those movies is they go into those movies with logic. And I'm like, no, yeah, you have to shut off your brain and just enjoy the eye candy. I mean, if I look at a, at a nice Lamborghini or whatever, it's just, I'm not going to drive that. And I know it's unreasonable to like a sports car, but it's nice to look at. Yeah, And I would never buy one. And it's the same with those movies. I'm, I know it's unrealistic and it's stupid and it's probably a waste of time but if i admit that and i'm just acknowledge that it's just stupid eye candy yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's okay yep and sometimes you just need a dumb movie like that just to like sure. unplug you know especially, i don't think about it yeah especially during these times when we have to think about so many things like oh did i pack my uh mask for oh, the yeah. supermarket <laughs> did i clean my hands and stuff like that sometimes it's good to just switch off your brain and watch like stupid movies oh, yeah. and For oh, me, for at sure. least, it helps sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'd be cool. I'd, I'd enjoy seeing you uh, put out some sort of science fiction, you know, movie or something like that. 
completely off topic. What's your favorite genre of movies that you like to that you enjoy to watch? Oh man, um, so I I'm partial to like the um, like disaster movies. Oh yeah, yeah like um, whether they're cheesy, you know, like really bad, um, like San Andreas. Yeah, or day after tomorrow, yeah, or twenty twenty one. Yeah, I mean they're they're so ridiculous, <laughs> but they're fun. But then like um, then there's movies where it's like um, the one that's just on net. I don't remember where it's on, but um, Greenland with uh, Gerard Butler. I haven't watched that it's, yet. It was amazing. We were like expecting kind of a cheesy movie, but it was really good. And um, so like. I like those situations where, or the movies where it's not necessarily about the disaster itself, but about the people, mm. you know? And that's yeah. why, like, what, what was it? Um, I Am Legend with Will Smith. Um, yeah, that one was awesome. It, he did a good job with it, but it's not its not as much about the, um, the vampires or the infected as it is about, mm. like, how he's dealing with loneliness. And, yeah. and so I, I find those, and that's why, like, even... Um, like the zombie TV shows, like the early walking dead, probably, you know, I think whatever season they're on now, I, I've stopped watching years mm -hmm. ago, but like seasons Same. one through five were amazing because they dealt so much with yeah. how people interact together when shit hits the fans. So I really liked the season when they bunkered inside the prison yep. and built their community inside the prison with that guy went to tank that season was amazing and the um, uh, the season with negan was yeah, also great but i actually stopped watching after that season as well yeah yeah we watched like so. the first season with negan and then it just kind of like you know got old um yeah. yeah but you know they they did such a good job on that originally like the episode with um daryl and beth when they're in that shack and you know they're drinking moonshine together And Daryl talks about how, like, hard his life was with his dad or something and his brother. Yeah. And he, like, breaks down and is, like, crying and stuff. Like, stuff like that was just, like, okay, like, they're really going into, like, deep stuff. And, um, mm. you know, the zombies were the thing that put stressors on the life. But it wasn't about the zombies, you know. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, that's my genre of, of things is end of the Same. world disaster um stuff yeah. so which is probably book why of eli I, yeah yeah oh that one was book so, of eli. so good that's that's, that's it's one of my favorite movies yeah. it's so and, good movie. and the coloring in it is is so yeah. cool like just that yeah. those desaturated tones and yeah. how bleak it looks it's uh also kind of like the road did you ever see that yeah so that one is so depressing honestly oh, but it's good yeah it's really good well and i think yeah. that that's probably why i'm uh was attracted to this survival company you know was all those movies i'm always like you know thinking like what would i do in those situations yeah. and now like being with this company it's kind of like okay now i can help like put what i would think or what i would do and maybe yeah. help other people out with it and stuff so it's yeah I can kind of take that so disaster scenario to, to work. Same, same. I mean, that's, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you know that, because, but one of my first bags was the 5.11 Rush 12 and then the Gorok. And I was actually deciding between the Gorok and the Triple Out design. And mostly, just like you said, so because I watched all of those end of the world movies <laughs> and I was like always in this prepper mindset a little bit, this it's adventurous prepper mindset. And I wanted like this type of bag. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I'm totally on the same page with that. Yeah. 
So, yeah. awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time of course. and uh, answering all of my questions. Well, you too. And I've always been interested to chat with you because your, your, your channel is so, uh, you know, interesting and, you know. Thank you very stuff. much. So, I'm glad that we... We've met each other through karyology and then yeah. gotten to get to know each other even more. So it's it's always always nice. Thank you very much. So yeah, last but not least, uh, maybe you want to plug your channel, your Instagram. Where can people find you? So you can just find me at Matt Richer, and that's R I T S C H E R, um, and that's kind of my where I do do things now. Um, awesome. You know, I have that YouTube channel, but I don't really do much on it. So, you know, you can kind of find it through there maybe. I don't know. But I don't, I don't really plug that one as much. But uh, yeah. Instagram is where to find me. Definitely, everyone, check out his Instagram. Those shots in the snow and those adventures in the mountains are amazing. And I'm if kind you're ever in Colorado, you know, come, come hang definitely. out. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I'll get you out yeah, the mountains. Whenever, whenever we're able to travel again i will definitely also come by nice in colorado yeah all right thank, thank you so, so much no for joining this podcast and yeah thanks everyone for listening and yeah stay safe and healthy everyone thank, thank you very much, much. Bye.